0: All right, we're back here on the Ohio end with uh, longtime um, guest, um, Jake Zuckerman. Jake from Ohio Capital Journal. How are you doing today?
1: I'm all right. Good to be on, Chris. Uh,
0: thank you. Um, we've we're been talking a lot about vaccines, and uh, you've been talking about some of the people who are kind of against vaccines, and we've talked about this idea in the past, but it seems to have taken a step forward where there's a couple people in the Ohio State House who wants to do a bill saying, we're going to prevent discrimination for those who don't want to take the vaccine. And I read your story, and it seems to be a pretty comprehensive list of people who just don't want the vaccine for various reasons.
1: Yeah, there's 16 lawmakers who signed on to the bill. I think somewhere in the ballpark of seven of them have actually made public statements about not taking the vaccine. And that's just public statements, you know, who knows what people are considering in their private lives. So I think it's safe to say that There's definitely some like personal views coloring this decision, but they just want to make sure that there are that there's no legal right of businesses of, say, the Blue Jackets to say that you can't come to our game if you're unvaccinated. Their bill would forbid. Well, it would allow the Blue Jackets to do that, but it would also force the Blue Jackets to let people into the game if they submit anything in writing that says, I have a conscientious objection to this. So, in effect, it would really forbid anyone from using any kind of mandate that people receive a vaccine to patronize their business to buy their good or service.
0: And that brings a point because, like, the bill's talking about anything from, like, a medical issue, religious conviction, um, you know, reason of conscience, natural, natural immunity. So, I guess the thought would be is, what, do you just carry around a note in your pocket where... If you go up there and say, hey, I don't have the vaccine, but here you go, do you just like give it to them? Like, how logistically would something like this work?
1: My reading of the bill is you could literally just pull out a sheet of paper and write, I, Jake Zuckerman, have a philosophical objection to this vaccine. Now let me into the Blue Jackets game. And the Blue Jackets would have to let you in. I'd like, I want to be clear that I'm using the Blue Jackets as a general business here.
0: Yeah, it could be the crew or the clippers or or
1: any business or event this summer. yeah, but I mean I, I think the big picture is that we don't really know what consumer demand is like. We don't know what people want yet. We don't know how people are going to get back to their lives. But I could say me personally, I don't want to go to a baseball game and stress test my vaccine and sit next to ten people who are on. to me that that's just like an unnecessary risk that I'm not ready to take in my life. so You would think that a lot of private employers, especially airlines, will want to have some kind of device so that they can know, is this potential customer of ours vaccinated? And, you know, so it's not necessarily for their benefit, for the benefit of people who might sit by them. So it's like so many of the other issues that have come up during this pandemic. And this bill, as introduced by 16 House Republicans, would basically block anyone from that consideration. It would effectively prevent businesses from trying to screen vaccinate people from unvaccinated.
0: Yeah, and it would almost seem to be – I mean, say you're on the other side. and Say you're saying, hey, we we only get vaccinated. Let's just open up everything. It would seem to be if a bill like this would go through. I'm thinking if I'm a sports team, if I'm an event, that might make it less likely for me to widely open it up because, yeah, I want money. I want to sell 100% of my tickets, but then on the other hand, I'm sure there's a good portion of the people who wouldn't come if there's no restriction at all. So it, it sounds like if something like this gets in place, if I'm a team or if I'm an event, it might be less likely for me to open up. And we're already seeing evidence of that because already, like the Ohio State Fair, is not having any public events this year. So it seems to be if, if you're in the camp to say, I want everything to be open, this bill might circumvent those plans too, even if you want everything open.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky to to predict how private businesses might behave. But what's clear is what this bill would take off the table. You know, we don't, we don't no. know what consumer demand is going to be like because all human beings that are consumers are new to this pandemic and we don't really know how yeah. we're going to behave when we're all vaccinated. But what's clear is this bill is removing options from the table. And there are, I mean, it's a pretty broad bill. I know one, one issue that I caught on to is the bill as written would probably prohibit hospitals from forcing their employees to get flu vaccines, which I don't know if that was the intent or not, but this is a pretty common practice in Ohio and naturally. It's that if you work at a hospital, you got to get the flu vaccine by a mandate from your employer. I've heard, you know, some hospitals will make workarounds. Like if you really don't want the flu vaccine, you could wear a mask. And this is before the pandemic, you know, before the mask fights. they said you could wear a mask if you don't want the flu vaccine. But this bill will again force that hospital to accept this written slip of paper that says I have conscientious objection here, and allow unvaccinated people to work at a hospital. Which I think that a healthy slice of the healthcare community would find that an unacceptable solution. You can't have unvaccinated people working in a hospital. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was the goal of the bill, if that was an unintended consequence, but I think that that's a, a big sticking point that will need to be worked out. And then I think there are just more general questions of, well, what's the thinking behind this bill? You know, every bill is pending the law one way or another. Who's gaining and who's losing here? Because it seems like the people who are gaining are the people who are choosing not to get vaccinated, which is a societally undesirable outcome of these undesired, you know, unvaccinated people. Who is the GA tending to?
0: Yeah, and like I said, I I can't believe if this goes through that, like, you know, your teams and everything are just going to be like, oh, great, let's just have everyone there because because I'm also thinking from a liability standpoint. You know, yeah, I'm sure there's policies people could put in place, but you don't want to be that public event that we have outbreak of COVID. You know what I mean? That's not good PR-wise for you, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I I think there's a – um a thought process that legislators would go through and say, all right, you know, we got this great idea for a bill, but how does it, what happens if that bill goes through? And, you know, sometimes when it's raising more questions than answers after the bill goes through, you kind of think, maybe there's a way we could rewrite the bill a little bit, you know, make it make more sense.
1: Yeah. And there is a narrower uh, representative Katrona has a narrower version of a passport bill, a vaccine passport bill. And that bill would really just bar state bill. My la- oh boy, I haven't read this bill in a couple of days, so don't quote me on this here. But yeah. his bill was more focused on state buildings and what state can do in terms of screening out vaccinated people from unvaccinated people, which is which is a slightly different consideration. I, again, I don't know the ins and outs of it.
0: I you've covered the kind of the oh. It's not dark web, but it's the conspiracy theory side of the web really well. Um, you know, in the past couple of weeks, you know, President Biden and his administration have come out and say, hey, we don't support vaccine passports. That's not what we're looking for. Now, granted, there's times when politicians say one thing, sometimes they have to change it for whatever reason. But, you know, it's weird how this thing keeps on going ahead when the boogeyman that conspiracy theorists say, have already come out and said, look, we're not even looking to do vaccine passports. Or is there a concern about maybe they don't think he's telling the truth? Or is it concern more of saying, hey, we want to cover ourselves not just for now, but for the future too? Because it, it, like to me, it's weird if, if Biden would have come out and said, Yeah, vaccine passports are great, let's do them right away. But I mean he's already come out against it. It's weird that there's still that push. Why why do you think there's a
1: push since the president's come out against this vaccine passport? I'd say a couple of things to that. For one, you know, Joe Biden said he's he's against it and he's not rushing to develop a, a pass vaccine passport system. But, again, you know, let's talk about priorities. A vaccine passport system is of much less importance than vaccinating the population. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that some people have, have gotten some priorities out of order here. Secondly, you know, it's not that the demand would come from the government. I would imagine the demand would come from the private sector, especially the airlines who are in the business of taking people between countries. Some countries have vaccination standards to enter the country. So it's unclear what role exactly the airlines play here. And thirdly, you know, the government might not be demanding the passport, but they would be the logical person to create it. You know, you don't do you want the private, I guess it's you want the private or the public sector to have all this healthcare information because if someone's going to make the passport, it's ultimately one or the other. And I mean, lastly, there's a certain conspiracy element within the Republican Party in which they have this habit of kind of scaring their voters into this idea that's not based in reality and then using. That widespread fear in the base is evidence of a need for action. I mean, we saw it with election fraud. You know, you use the largest megaphone in the world to say the election was stolen. And now this widespread fear about a stolen election is the basis for election reforms in Georgia, et cetera. And like, you know, for months, politicians have been saying, DeWine's going to make a vaccine passport. DeWine's going to make a vaccine passport. And no matter how many times DeWine says, I have no plans to make a vaccine passport, the argument sort of becomes, well, a lot of people out there think he's going to do it, so we want to pass this law anyway. So the tail kind of wags the dog in that sense. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, no I definitely see what you're saying there. I had another question. I had a family member actually ask me this, and I didn't have, as a journalist, I didn't have an answer. I don't know if you ran into this before. Um, he was asking, he got the vaccine. Uh, he wasn't sure how he felt about it, but he knew it was important. And he travels for his work. So he felt, hey, you know, I need that to do my job. I mean, there's no no way around it. Well, his wife's pregnant and just with, you know, nursing and everything else that comes after pregnancy, she felt like it may not be a good idea, not from a moral conscious standpoint, but just from a view of, hey, I'm pregnant right now. Hey, I want to nurse. I, I just don't need that right now. If anything like that ever comes into play, Is there exceptions for those type of things where it's not necessarily saying, hey, there's a conspiracy or, you know, I don't like the politics of it. just more of, hey, just because of where her health is right now, she shouldn't get that. Has there been any talk about an exclusion just based on a a relative health situation someone's facing right now?
1: Well, a couple things. Um, For one, I think the CDC guidance right now is that, pregnant women can get the vaccines but should consult with their doctor Mm. but in any event that would probably fall on assuming that this this pregnant woman does consult with her doctor and maybe he says just wait till after the birth um that would probably fall under medical contraindication is the term so there actually is and just in about any vaccine mandate in any sector of law there's room for if you have a physician who says that this vaccine will harm you or your body can't accept it, then you are exempted from that. Ohio schools have that. Uh, I would guess that employer mandates have that. I'm 100% on that one. But yeah, I mean, if, if there's something medically preventing you from a vaccine, that's the point at the end of the day is va- of vaccine mandates is that enough of the herd gets vaccinated so that the, the weaker in terms of immune systems, the weaker within the herd still enjoy the protection from those with stronger immune systems who can't there's a long-winded answer to
0: your question. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. It's more of the exception than the rule. I mean, you know, she is a situation that may not be with the vast majority of people. So, okay. Um, what do you, you think this might get passed? I mean, we're in a state house that overrides the wines veto. So, as of now, you know, by June, July, you know, they can override any health mandates. Um, Do you think this gets passed because of the way the state house is currently made up?
1: Oh, boy. I try to stay away from the prediction <laughs> business yeah. people. I, I think it's clear that this, this is like the new culture. This is the new culture war of the pandemic. You know, there's always going to be something and this seems to be the new one. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I just really don't know. I know Governor DeSantis in Florida, who is one of the leading Republicans on a national scale right now, just passed an executive order, mm-hmm. vaccine passports. So there seems to be some momentum on this. I don't know. It's an interesting question.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I the override kind of surprised me. Just you know, just from a analysis of the where we're at now. But I guess after the override, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's necessarily off the table. So should be interesting. Um, well, you know, you're there with the High Capital Journal, as, as you know, and as our readers should know by now, and those who listen to the podcast. OhioCapitalJournal.com, um, they've got stories every day about the Ohio State House. And obviously, there's a lot going on with COVID and everything else. Um, Jake, I'm not sure how much you can say about but you said you're working on something big. Uh, we probably can expect to see that sometime this week, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, God, I don't know about this week or next week. <laughs> look, look for a good uh, campaign finance... Okay. Uh, Taxpayer accountability story. That's, that's all I can say. Very
0: good. And, you know, that's important. I I think the one thing that frustrates me sometimes about being a journalist is some. I think sometimes we lose people when it comes to taxpayer stories. And it, it makes me sad because we should care about that. You know, obviously it's, you know, where your tax dollars are going to. So definitely look out for that. I mean, it's going to be important. Accountability is important. It's accountability is something we need, you know, right now more than anything else. So, all right, anything else exciting going on at the uh, Capitol Journal uh, this week?
1: Uh, this concealed general. carry of a knife became legal in Ohio today. Really? That's that's my fun fact for the day. Yep. It was a much wow. less talked about bill from the last general assembly. It legalized the concealed carry of a knife. And you
0: don't have? I mean, do you have to have some type of permit or anything, or is it just? Oh God! I
1: was gonna read the. Oh, you're sh- scooping me on my daily story today.
0: I gotcha. <laughs> wow! Uh, but but even with a permit, that's that's kind of crazy. So, I, I guess stay away from people then. <laughs> Just,
1: Watch your mouth and bars. That's, that's the yeah. That yeah. We learned. <laughs>
0: well, and the other interesting thing about it is, you know, we're getting in a time. Well, yeah, that bill went in effect Tuesday, where you have to show restraint if you're being attacked, but. Man, I I don't know. I mean, with concealed carry knives and guns and everything, uh, man, I don't know how much restraint you should show anymore, you know? (laughs) I mean, how does that impact that? Because, you know, uh, without change of of the, you know, the the same-your-ground bill, I mean, that's going to make it even difficult now that people are able to
1: carry knives and guns. You know, I mean, uh, the... It's sociological okay. policy data, so you, you never quite know, but I think it's it's a pretty safe interpretation to say situations are just going to escalate faster. Right now we're at a point where people can carry more weaponry on them and have more latitude to use that weaponry if they feel they are attacked. So I I, I think that I'm pretty safe making a statement that situations will escalate faster and more frequently.
0: So someone like me, I'm a wimp. I don't like confrontation. I don't like violence. I don't like carrying weapons. <laughs> I I probably should just stay away from people. Don't make any opinions out loud about anything and just stay away. I mean, I guess that's that's how I stay alive, right?
1: The pandemic in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just live the rest of our lives like we're in a pandemic, because yeah, I I don't like confrontation, I don't like hurting people or being hurt or weapons or anything. So Boy, I got I got to make sure I state my, give my opinions to myself only. <laughs> wow, what what a world, Jake! You're making you're bringing us down on Monday. This isn't good. Oh me. Hey. <laughs> well, it's not your fault, but, but yeah, that's that's interesting. So. Wow! So look that up. Maybe if you're out there, and you're excited about that. Look up at concealed carry knives are not legal. Wow! Look at your knives. Yes. Fun fact for a 9 a.m. Monday. I'm ready to go to bed for the week. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this week. It's over. All right. Well, thanks, Jake, for bringing us down uh, on early in the day. But no, no, that's good. Uh, and as always, follow Ohio Capital Journal. Um, you, you follow them on Twitter. Uh, and follow Jake, remind us, how, how we follow you? If, if we're not following you by now, it's shame on you as our, our listener. But how can we follow you if we haven't followed you already?
1: I, I'm on Twitter, Jake underscore Zuckerman.
0: Yeah, Z-U-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. I'll put a link on that, you know, for you to follow online, too. So, Jake, as always, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, keep in touch. We're, we're anxious to hear more about that uh, taxpayer accountability story.
1: Again, right, well, so thanks we'll- for having me on, Chris. Yeah, I'll be happy to share it. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Have a good one. Talk to yes, you